This series for me moves my heart very deeply because in what we are preaching, I know myself that it really talks to our lives in incredible, incredible ways. When I preached on this in the early 90s, it truly turned around the lives of so many people. And when Bishop Nwaka at our Good Friday celebration talked about that seat that David was sitting on and how that the outcome of David's life did not match his life. And when he sought the face of the Lord, God told him, it's not because of you. It's because of something that had gone on before. When I heard that, I felt in my spirit that I need to come back to this series and explain what that seat is about. This series is hard-hitting, it's very challenging, sometimes a bit graphic, but if we would learn to receive God's word, God will help us because we'll always give solutions to everything else that we're going to talk about. I've decided that in this series we'll take time to pray for you, even for those of you who join us through social media. We're going to take time to pray for you and pray with you. My wish and my prayer is that many of you, several years from now, you look back to this time and know that at that time, the history of my family was rewritten. I'm believing God for that. I'm trusting God for that. I'm in a lot of prayer about that because I really believe God wants to turn our lives around. So I encourage you to listen with your heart, listen with your ears, with your head, listen with your eyes, discern what's going on. Don't run from the truth. If the truth challenges you, face your reality and deal with your reality, knowing fully well that God doesn't condemn us. God always helps us out of our trouble. Amen. So I want you to know for this entire month, I'm going to be bit by bit getting into more details about this series. So no matter how much the weather changes, my advice to you is be here in person so that you can receive from the Lord. We have four scripture readings, main texts for this series. I'm not going to talk on them at the same time, but we will apply them as we go along. First one is Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 8 to verse 10, and I read the New King James Version. It reads, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, second Scripture reading is Galatians chapter 3.13, which reads, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the Lord. That's the New American Standard Version. Having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, in order that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we should receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And then 2 Samuel 21 we read verse 1 and 2, during the reign of David, there was famine for three successive years. So David sought the face of the Lord. 
And the Lord said to him, it's not because of you. It's because of Saul and his blood-stained house. And it's because he has put the Gibeonites to death. The final scripture is Proverbs 26, verse 2. In the NIV, it reads like a fluttering sparrow or a darting swallow. An undeserved curse does not come to rest. So we learned last week about this thing called curses. We defined them, but we're going to define them even more today. And we said that there are times in our lives where there are certain things that happen to us, but mostly happen in our family lines. And these things that happen seem to carry on from generation to generation, and they seem unstoppable, particularly if it's bad things, even good things. And if this is what's happening in our family line, then we need to dig deeper. We need to find out what is wrong, what is going on. In cases of bad things, it could be chronic sickness, early death. We'll describe a lot of that as we go along. In cases of good things, it can be success, health, exaltation. So when you look at certain people's lives, and even our lives, and mostly in our families, there are certain things that are prevalent. These things happen repeatedly. And they seem to be tied to the family lineage and they seem to pass on from generation to generation. And when you get born into this family, it's like this unseen force follows you. Even without any of your doing, certain things happen in your life and it looks like there's nothing that can be done about it. And we said when you see that happen, then it's important for us to then understand what the Bible is talking about. David, when he came in as a leader, he went through a time of famine and he couldn't understand because on his own record, he knew himself to be a righteous man. There wasn't anything wrong that he had done that would justify the outcome of his life. And when he saw that, he did what I advise every one of us to do. He sought the Lord. In other words, David was not prepared to see his life disintegrate and act like he is helpless. We mustn't agree, Bazalon. We mustn't accept for the direction of our lives and of our families to go in a wrong way without us challenging that. We mustn't allow ourselves to be disinterested, to be people who are neutral and people who totally are uninterested and we get to a point where we behave like we are victims. There is something that can be done. Doesn't matter how long your family line has been going in that direction, I'm here to tell you that the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ is able to bring to a stop anything like that. And Jesus and his death on the cross was for a reason. Why is it that Galatians chapter 3 specifically mentions the word curse? It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. What is the curse of the law? Well, the curse of the law is what is described in Deuteronomy 28. Curses that would come upon people if they disobeyed God. We're going to read that later on. And these curses would not only be on the people, but they would be upon the generations that follow. And so Christ came to redeem us, to buy us out, to rescue us, to free us from the curse of the law. It was such an important thing that he became a curse for us. 
He stood in our place. He took everything that's supposed to come our way. All the bewitchment, all the senyamas, all the bad luck, all the evil stuff, it came upon him. But the question is, if that is true, why is it that some of these things seem to be upon my life? Well, there's a number of reasons. Sometimes if we don't appropriate what God has given, given in store for us, or if we have opened a door. And so Proverbs 26 says, the, a curse will never come without a cause. And if that's true, that means if a curse comes because there's a cause for it, if I can find out what the cause is, I can stop the curse from going on. So if I can be able to go back and find out what opened the door, when was the door opened, maybe even who opened the door, and if I can be able, by God's grace, to shut that door, it means then a new history for my family can be written. And I see a new history for your family been written. Come on, if you believe that, give the Lord a big shout in the house. And so we said that a blessing and a curse is defined as follows. There are words spoken which carry a particular form of spiritual power, either good or evil, that brings to pass certain things that carry on from generation to generation. These are words spoken. Never underestimate the power of words that are spoken. It's not a mistake that when God created the world, he used words. The book of Hebrews tells us that things that are seen were not made of things which do appear. Which means before something can appear, it is first unseen. The words that cannot be seen, that you can't touch, you can't taste, you can't smell them. These words that you cannot really contact in a physical manner. They produce the physical. So it means before things got wrong in the physical, it first started in the spiritual realm. And when we deal with cases, we are dealing with the root cause. We're not dealing with the symptoms. We are dealing with the root cause. And if you can cut out the root, if you can destroy this tree at its roots, then we know that the family line can go on certain lines. And this is why sometimes you see things tied to families. There are certain families that seem like things go right for them. Everything's going right for them. And if you ever get associated with that family, and if ever you get married into that family, or you get included in that family, the outcome here, whatever happens to them, comes upon you, even if you haven't done anything. But there are certain families where it looks like nothing ever gets right. Everything is wrong. doesn't matter what they do. And if somebody comes up whose life is different, it becomes a success that is very, very short-lived. And all of a sudden, this unseen dark force reaches its evil hand and comes upon this person. And so we note that blessings or curses can be seen in the following. And this is what they are. Number one, blessings or curses are vehicles for supernatural power for good. If they are blessing, it is for good. If they are evil, it is curses. So blessings or curses are vehicles of supernatural power. So these are transporters of supernatural power, as I said, where it seems like an unseen force is on people. You know, there are people by Lord, rightfully things should work in their lives. They get a good job that pays very well. All things being equal, 
Things should be all right. But things just never get right. It's like there are people by Lori, when things are in their hands, they get destroyed. Things disintegrate. I was giving that example in the morning service that as I've been thinking on this, it really occurred to me, Barcelona, and I never saw it that way. When you read Deuteronomy 28 and many other scriptures, that God is able to keep that which you own and that which is in your hand. As a matter of fact, it even gets to a point in Deuteronomy 28, and, and I think we see it in some examples in the Bible where even what is committed to somebody's hands prospers. Do you remember the story of Joseph when he was in prison? It says the keeper of the prison noticed that everything that Joseph did prospered and succeeded. There was just a force on this guy that whatever he touched would work. There was just an unseen power that made things work. So even if you gave him a shop that had been closed for years, when he took ownership of this shop, it would start being operational and they would start selling. Same place, same area, same community, same shop. Mara, there is some unseen force that causes this guy to prosper where others are failing. That's a blessing. And this force, this unseen force, sits on family lines. And you see families struggle with these things. And I believe in this series, God will be able to open our eyes to that. Secondly, the characteristic feature of blessings or curses is that very often, and this is important, they continue from generation to generation. Now, at different times, all of us will be tested. All of us will have certain things happen to us, but when they happen, don't look around for a curse where it is. I mean, if it's just a sporadic thing that is not characteristic of the family lineage, deal with it, challenge it, but don't look around for something that's not there. What I'm trying to explain is that if these things continue from generation to generation, then it is a problem. And the interesting thing is, in the case of curses, they never stop until somebody knows how to cut them off. And this is what we're going to do this month. We're going to cut them off in the name of the Lord Jesus. Come on, if you believe that, give the Lord a shout. Meaning, therefore, that it could be that there are people who in their lives currently are enduring the consequences of things that happened generations ago. Even before you were born, there are certain doors that were opened by your predecessors. And for you to be able, therefore, to close that door, you need to trace the problem to its source. And you need to take appropriate action instead of being passive so that you can be released from the vicious cycle that's characterizing your family lineage. Number three, the vehicle of blessing and curses are words that are spoken. Somebody say words that are spoken. Look at the neighbor and say, be careful of your words. It is words that are spoken, words that are written, words that are pronounced inwardly. We need to guard against speaking negative words over our lives and our families. Even when you are angry, even when you don't mean it. Remember the, last, the example I gave you last week? It shook me when I heard this. This young man who passed on just before his 40th birthday. And his pastor and another pastor prayed for him and they engaged in intercessory prayer for the young man. 
And one of the pastors, God spoke to him and said, I can't, I can't, I can't change the situation. Spiritual law has been set in motion. And he didn't know what it meant. He didn't know what it meant. Finally, you know, at the, after the young man had been buried, he spoke to the young man's brother and said, look, when I was praying, this is what I felt the Lord said. And the young man said, yeah, it's true. My brother and I, when we were young, we used to joke around and said we will never live past the age of 40. Yeah. So we, yeah, we were just playing around. But then, be careful of the words you use over your life. Be careful of the, you know, I, I hear people say, no, suave. Hey, be careful of what you use and what you say. Do you understand what you're saying? Have you I don't know why I'm looking this side here. <laughs> you know. Or si jasas All these things that we say, we believe them, we say them, we invoke them on our lives. Yeah. 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 In my family, nobody ever gets married. Nobody ever keeps a job. Nobody ever. And we say that. Oh, Harry Luanda, you say, Umongwana, you are stupid. You'll never amount to anything. Because Yeah? What are we doing? We invoke words. Remember, in the spirit world, we have set a principle in motion. Even when you didn't mean it. Principles work even if you don't mean it. If you go over a building, a 20-story building, and you don't mean it, but you jump off that building and you don't mean it. Both are lunge. Because spiritual law has been set in motion. And for spiritual law to be stopped, somebody must proactively stop it. Even if you may not have the full details of what happened before you were there. But you have to stand up and stop it and we're going to do it today in the name of Jesus. Word spoken. This is why in olden days you'd note the patriarchs before they passed on, they would lay hands on their children. And they'd speak words over the children. And I want to talk to you young people. I want to talk to you young people. Be very careful of the disrespect and dishonor you show over your parents. And don't think about when you hear them and they say stuff over your life, you think you'll get away with it. I mean, honest with you, I've been talking to lots of young people. I see many young people in our, in our, in our, in our times who are not doing well. They have education. They are smart young people, very intelligent, strong, healthy, everything, but their life's not going anywhere. And they haven't figured it out. I look at them and I talk to some of them and I, and I listen to how some of them speak and I know why they're having problems. But they, they don't have the wisdom to listen to us old guys because they've already the old guys out. Don't want to listen to a pensioner. But this pensioner has been blessed by God. This pensioner. This pensioner, as a, as a young man, I saw my life unfold in a powerful way. And I can tell you that there are things that this young man vowed in his heart I'll never break. I'll never disrespect my parents. Never. 
Not once. Never. If I've done wrong, I'll go and ask for forgiveness. I'll never. Either physical parents, spiritual parents, not going to. I see young people today call their parents names, say all kinds of things to them. And the parent, in anger and hurt, say words. Yeah. So the patriarchs, children would be brought to them, they'd lay hands on them, and go read the Bible. Whatever they said over the children became their destiny. Oh, yeah. It's a force that tied itself to these children's lives. And it became their outcome. Never underestimate the words of a parent, the words of a pastor, the words of a spiritual leader, the words of the head of a home. Never underestimate those words. Never. Never. Always try to do things well so that your mom, your dad, Oh my goodness, that is more than a million dollars. You know what that means? It's more than money. Unfortunately, many people are so money conscious. Money can dissipate. Money can disappear. It can be eaten away by canker worms. You can have a force over your life where you, you earn a lot of money, but you can't show anything for it because there's a force that just comes and eats away everything. At the same time, you can earn a menial salary. And you can have the blessing of God come upon your life that is able to expand what you have. That's able to make what the little that you have become more until people who blame about our lawyer because it doesn't make sense how you can live that kind of life with that kind of salary. Mara, they don't understand there's the power of God that's upon your life. Can I hear an amen, Bazar? There's the blessing of God upon your life. Oh, I see that blessing of God upon your life. Where when God puts things in your hands, they multiply. When God has put something in your hand, there's a power that, 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 kind, of, that kind of stores it. There's a power that, that, that makes it to, to be sustainable. It's like it is preserved in your hand. There are people who buy things that are new. Mara, in two months' time, and they can't understand why. Why do things disappear in my hand? Why do things fizzle out in my hand? There's an unseen power out here that's eating what you have got. But you see, you, you, you buy a new car and in three years' time, you have to buy another car because there's something that ate away your car. Mara, there's this one who has the blessing of God who bought a car the same time as you. When you buy a new car, they still have their first car. And if they were to buy a car, they will have two cars and not one car. It's not because they're earning more. No, it's because there are some unseen power, some unseen force that preserves what they've got. I see the power of God preserving what you've got. That's the, that's the secret of wealth creation. It's not just about the amount of money. It's the power that preserves what you've got and the power that multiplies what you put your hand to. When Joseph came on the scene, the keeper of the prison, honor this guy, who was a wise man, wiser than many people. So what did, what did he do? He took Joseph and put him over and made him an overseer over what was his. There is something on him. There's places and people that when you connect with the blessing of God comes upon your life. Ooh, they carry something on their lives. So a blessing on a curse are those words that are spoken. Oh my goodness. 
And so Proverbs 30, 32 says, if you play the fool and exalt yourself, and if you plan evil, clap your hand over your mouth. If you play the fool and exalt yourself, in other words, if you become proud and you become misled and you end up with thoughts that are wrong, he says, put your hand on your mouth. Why? Why put the hand on my mouth? Because if you don't say it, it will become a reality. It is the saying and the speaking that empowers it, that gives life to it. So you'd rather how quatile and you want to say something. No, no. Because if you don't speak it, it doesn't become alive. Because thoughts that are left unsaid will die unborn. Write it down, write it down, write it down. Thoughts that are left unsaid will die unborn. And that's, that's how the devil tricks many people. He puts thoughts in your mouth, mind. Evil thoughts, wrong thoughts. When I'm just expressing myself, you don't realize that you're giving life to what is not there. Yeah. So there's words that are spoken. And, and number four, curses and blessings can be transferred by physical objects. This is important. Many people never try to find the history of the things that they put on their necks, put on their houses, tie to themselves, write on their bodies. Gifts that we buy that bring us luck, fortune, riches, wealth. We drink stuff that people give us. We dig our houses and put things underground. We do all kinds of things. In doing so, you are giving permission to whatever force or power that is behind that object to come into your house, even if you're born again. You know, in my travels, I learned a hard lesson. I learned a very hard lesson. Because I travel to many parts of the world. And this thing is a worldwide phenomenon, Barcelona. There's a lot of things that everywhere in the world is done by different cultures and nothing wrong with the cultures. But some of the things that get depicted and get done have a certain significance. And most of the times we never ask. We never ask. You know? You know, and I know in almost South Africa, people have, have become, we, we, we have embraced this thing, yeah, the American people, yeah, can I be strong? Uh, not Guy Fox, there's the other one. Hello? Halloween. Halloween. Do, you know, do you know the background of Halloween? All cultures Barcelona in the world have a belief system, they believe in supernatural powers. It's not often that it's Jehovah God they believe in. And they have certain practices, observances, artifacts, things that you tie, put, eat, sniff, all kinds. And when you do that, you tie yourself to whatever God is behind that. All cultures, all cultures. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. So you are busy buying or luck. You haven't even tried to find out. And you, 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 you put it on your wall in your house. It will bring you luck. 
I mean, there's an event here not long ago, and I'm not going to go into details. Last kiss of Kotronko. And at this event, there's a, there's a short and it went very viral of a figure that passed an open door. And this figure was dressed in a certain dress code and it had a certain significance. Go read it. These people have a certain belief system or how born in China, it means this. Everywhere, 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 everywhere. Don't, when ceremonies are done, and people buy that in top. What could I mean? Obey one to one. Hey, as a fella, as a fella, they have a significance. That is why the communion table is a powerful thing for us as Christians. Powerful, powerful. It's it's a physical act we do that reaches into the spiritual. There's a lot of physical activity and processions, words spoken, artifacts, things. That is not just the thing, it's the power behind the thing. And many people are not careful with those things. So I was given a gift in some country years ago. It's a gift, innocent gift. I took this gift, took it home. We were still living in Bishop. Hey, that month. I mean, I know couples with Difamara that month. It was a supernatural level of fighting, I tell you. Have you ever had a supernatural level of Kabana? Really? Now, remember one day when I was praying and I thought, no, man, that thing, man. It just came. Okay, Iriki Choka, you see, it's English, the way it's in a corner, some landela, assembly of God, and I say, FM, can you go figure and please win here? This thing. This thing. I mean, ever since now Mamela, at that time. Police poo. heaven Mara, a curse never comes without a cause. And I remember I took that thing, Kailoi Latela, Eriki Wakasa Soviet, cause Gangay. And all of a sudden, there was peace. There was just a force that was there in Erelons. Did you know I went and found out years later? I actually went and found out from someone in that country. Hore, can I ask you? There was this thing that I was given in your country. What is it? He said, Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was a celebration of some God and some demonic God of some sort. Yeah. An answer about Jaiva by depicting that's a thing, it's a depiction. Yeah. No, I didn't know. Since then, I'm very careful. Some of you, you're not careful. You put things, you put it, you're tired, you're 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 not even asking. You're not even asking. You don't even know the forces behind that. 
I found out lots of people today don't even know. If you go to the Old Testament, there are certain things God says shouldn't be done. I've seen in many places. I remember we once went to a workshop this years ago. And funny enough, it was a Christian workshop. It was a Christian workshop. And then what happened? They brought these guys. You know, today there's this mixture where they bring these people in spirit who are spiritists. You know, today you not a mixture. That's right. They bring in people who have these other belief systems. And this guy came there in the name of helping us confront our fears. And they made a fire. They made a fire of coals and we were to walk on the coals. Yeah, you don't say, ah, yeah, no. Just in your mind. Just lock your mind and walk on that. And I remember, now, now we were Christian people, and I remember in the Old Testament, I remember in the Old Testament where God forbade people from doing that and even jumping over fire in these celebrations because they have a certain meaning. Here we are at a Christian event. They've invited this guy who's supposed to help us relax. We're going to walk over fire. It's a Christian event because of the shallowness of God's people who don't read the Bible. They don't understand why God forbids these things. It's not the fire. It's the meaning of that. A lot of things we do have a meaning. When you walk on the fire, when you say certain things, what's the meaning? Where does it come from? Which God are we inviting? Which power are we invoking? Lots of people don't, many people don't care today. You know, it's, we, we just mix things and it's trendy. You just put stuff and everything and then your life doesn't go anywhere and you can't figure out what's happening. People say, I have Christ as my savior, but I don't understand. And I look at them and I talk to them and I can tell you like this, I know what's going on. But the arrogance of people, they say, ah, I know, Guru, you are judgmental. I'm just doing it in Jaina. It doesn't mean anything. Oh, does it mean anything? When you read Deuteronomy 28, it's got about 68 verses, I think it is. And in the 68 verses, it spells out the blessings and the curses. And I hope you... I don't know if I asked you to go read it during the week. If I didn't ask you last week, go and read it. I can't go through the 68 verses, but what I've done is to summarize those 68 verses. On the one hand, you have blessings. God says, if you obey me, these are the blessings. But he says, but if you disobey me, these are the curses. And you can put them into seven categories. I want to go through them quickly. If you see these things, Mazalon, running in a family lineage, if you see these things moving from generation to generation, there's a problem somewhere. And it needs to be attended to. We don't need to be defensive. Let's accept it. working this thing. Mm -mm. Can I go through them? Yes. Are you ready? Yes. Number one. I'm talking about seven blessings. Exaltation. In other words, you no longer live under things. You are exalted. You're not a victim. Number two, being productive. 
being reproductive rather. And I know I, I couldn't find any better English term and I, it might even be incorrect to say being reproductive, but allow me to use, say it that way. What do I mean? Being fruitful in every area of your life, not only in terms of childbearing, but even in terms of when you work, things work for you, you are fruitful. There's people who work hard, but they can't show anything for it. Just not fruitful. Just this unseen force, also things become worse. But I speak the word of the Lord over your life today in Jesus' name. I just like the people in the foyer that are also saying amen and raising their hands. God bless you all in the foyer there. Being reproductive. Number three, living in health. Health is a blessing, Barcelona. Of course, there are people who come from families that have good genes in them. But for the majority of people, it's not many people who come from families like that. Being healthy is a blessing. Amen. Oh, Barcelona, it's a blessing. Amen. Never take for granted that you are healthy. That's why I don't understand. Healthy people going to drink stuff, smoke things, that breaks down their health. Stupid! Health is a blessing. Why do stuff that's going to make you sick? Health is a blessing. Number four, godly prosperity or success. And I wrote godly. Because you, you can be successful through much weapon and a means. Steal, cheat, lie, until the hawks come. And then we realize, ah, can't you? But this time around, God is the one who's making it. Amen. I see you prospering. Amen. I see some of you are missing that. I said, I see you prospering. Amen. I'm speaking a blessing over you. Amen. Yeah. You know, the other time, somebody, hey, rich. You know, I was so angry. Grace, you rich. I was angry. You know, when I'm frustrated with these things, I talk to God in prayer. I said, Mara, Mudimu, no, man. These people, Mara, I don't know. Mara, Mara, God, I want to feel it. Mudimara, who got that thing? Who got that thing? He said, Pelabatuba, how about Sebe Kulutuante? They don't know where you come from. And what I like, they didn't say I'm rich. No, I like that. But I never done one series about wealth creation. I've never done any of that. Shushumala is God said, Muna, why are you worried? You are doing what the other parties are trying to do, wealth creation. Again, we've, we've, we've identified the four problems poverty, what, 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 what. If Moena, 
in the church that through the preaching I'm able to resolve the issue of poverty why are you worried I see the blessing of God upon your life from Zalwana even if you don't understand how it works there's the power of God upon your life the unseen force of the supernatural God that moves you from one level to the other can I hear a shout in the house hallelujah we have so many of our people who are who are qualifying highly I just heard that uh, our leader our music mona got a doctorate uh, Linda just this week where is she is she, is she here Okay, Linda, she's not here. Linda, she's not here. We've got people in our churches, MBA, I remember one of them, I was talking to them. I said, my goodness, I admire you. He said, hi, Bishop, ho. What do you mean, ho? I don't know, no. We didn't have those doctorates, those MBAs. Uh, come on now, we were not lawyers, we were not judges, we were not doctors. But as we sat under the preaching of your word, hey, come on. I said, I see the power of God upon your life. And we never tried to teach a series on how to get rich, how to get money. We don't do that. So, Shumayel is Pamba, not the preaching of the gospel is to them that perish foolishness. But the preaching of the gospel to us who believe it is the power of God. We preach Christ crucified. Christ crucified. And it is through the cross of Jesus Christ that we are redeemed from the curse of the law. Yeah. God said, Mona, why are you worried? It's all right. Your congregation is doing well. Amen. But oh Jesus, I'm glad I can be associated with them. Maybe Lynn Outlandsam. <laughs> it's a blessing. People will never be able to understand the blessing of God, Bazalan. No matter what they try. Never. Because you just can't figure out how these people make it. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. You, you can't figure out. How do these people who are 35 in a room, in a classroom, go offering 120 rents first month? What has happened? So funny people, jealous people try to look for something, a loophole somewhere, no. Maybe we we'll the sticks, maybe, and then they come up with nothing, then they come up with stories. You can't explain the blessing of God. Can't explain it. But even if you can't explain it, you can't deny it. <laughs> I can't deny it. But when the blessing is there, is there. And I see that blessing on your life. I said, I see that blessing on your life. The opposite of blessings, Bazalana, is seven curses. Let's go through them. Number one, humiliation. Oh, we went to number five. Okay. Hey, 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 Jesus, help. Hi. Number six. <laughs> this is nice. It means you are listening, eh? Number five. Victory or victorious living. It's a blessing to live on the victory side. Winning side. Victorious living. You go into things, you become victorious. 
You're not a victim of life. Number six, walking in authority. I like this one. Being the head and not the tail. Do you know how many people pay money to be tunesified? <laughs> Do you know how much money people spend? Do you know how far people travel to be tunesified? Because people know. Even if we're not in a position, we're not in a position. When you walk in a place, people take notice. When you lead people, they listen, they follow. There's just something, there's some influence on Ayonje. God says, I will tunesify you. Ah, come on now. God says you'll be the head and not the tail. You Uzobanes Tunzi. Ah, it Uzobanes Tunzi. Yeah. There'll be a supernatural power around your life that gives you dignity, that makes you to be on top and not behind. The head makes all the decisions, the tail is just dragged around. That says you'll be the head and instead of being dragged around, you will lead the way. I see you leading the way in the name of Jesus. I said I see you leading the way. You know, this is where it really struck me. This is, I think it's about five years ago, six years ago, I met one lady. I still, today I was so shocked. I can't too many details. She stopped me. I had visited my my, my home, where I was raised, and then and the was starting. So she, she meets me. I was about to leave, and I think I was closing the gate or something. So she basically said, Hello, Mosa. You know, someone who knows me from far. So I, like I, then she changed. She said, Like I, Bishop, everything. And I'm looking at her, and I'm, I don't remember her. <laughs> and I don't remember her. And then she says, You, we thank God for what He's doing through your life. I said, Well, we are grateful to God. She says, Well, and now all along, I knew you were a leader. I said, okay. I get up and I'm trying to think. Is she from our church or uh, did I go to school with her or is a seminar I was doing? You know, your mind is racing. And then she says, oh, I can see how some Coppola. I used to be in your Sunday school. And I am, I think, three years or five years older than you. But I followed you. Even when you are younger than me. And then she says, I always knew the hand of God is on you. Some of you, that's what you don't understand. In your families, why they are coming to you. You have been tunesified. Are you understanding? It's you who's carrying your whole family. You, you don't understand why Eloana who's carrying the whole family. But what you're not understanding is because there's the presence of God upon your life. And that's 
instead of being angry, take your place. Take your place. It's not everybody who has that grace. Take your place. It's not everybody who has been touched by God like you. Take your place. It's not everybody who when they come up to something, when they a problem, they know how to solve it. There are people who have the problem. They don't know what to do. They don't know where to start. They don't know how to think. Even when things have been stuck for weeks, on the first day, you are blessed. Take your place. Even Luena, you don't understand how you solve those things. You, you don't understand because after time, and you just feel you don't want to do it. Somehow, when you start working, ideas come to your mind, connections come to your mind. You know, before long, order. Because there's the invisible power of God that rests upon your life. Lewana, you can't describe because it's not based on how far you went to school. It's not based on anything. There's just some supernatural power. Lewana, you don't understand. I said you are blessed. Blessed. That's why we need people like you to lead things for us. Because when you lead us, this presence of God that rests on you solves things for us. It's a sad thing to be led by somebody who has a deep force on them that destroys things. Because even when you give them something that is alive and something that's sustainable, they, their presence destroys it and brings it to its knees. But not so with you. I said not so with you. I said not so with you. Oh, Hallelujah. Let me give you number, number seven. Number seven. You live above and not beneath. In other words, instead of life ruling over you, you rule over life. You know, there are people by Lure, they're just never in control of their life. They live from one crisis to the other. You can't even have peace. You're always in crisis mode. How look what you are doing? How rich are the fedila? How rich is the sabbat? How rich koloi irobekhil? How rich TV is the sabbat? Just when you thought only enough money, next thing they 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 cyber theft in your account. Kuruba yuputora how batum? Jesus is about to reverse that. I said, Jesus is about to reverse that. Jesus is about to reverse that. Because I'm going to stop at this point. We'll continue next week. Because I want to pray now. I'm stopping because I want to pray. I just feel the presence of God in this house. I tell people, those who don't know, they say this is just emotions. You know, as I get older, I, I think I'm becoming much more settled. And Aksana Taba. And Namaka Nabon. 
Don't have to explain myself anymore. I've seen too much of God at work to try and explain supernatural phenomenon that you can't explain. I've been around people for 40 years in the worst of conditions. I know and I've counseled people that when they were telling me about the problem, I sat there, prayed quietly. I said, God, what am I going to say to them? This is such a difficult thing. And God always steered me back to the gospel and said, Musa, don't try to do anything. Give them gospel, the gospel. Yeah. And even when I quoted verses, I could see the disbelief in their eyes like, you didn't know what I was, you didn't understand what I was saying. How can you be fellow in so? But I've seen the very people as they've taken God's word with my own eyes. I've watched how their lives have changed right in front of my eyes. Not only them. I know young people who were raised in abject poverty. Who as they received the gospel and lived by the gospel. I saw them finish school. I saw them graduate. I saw them get their job. Their first job. And I saw how they flew into seniority, short space of time. I saw how they took their money and helped their family, helped their mom most of the time, who was a single mom, helped her build her house. So how these young people got married. Some of them I was privileged to officiate at their wedding. I saw how they got children, how they raised children. And years later, this, here's this family. I look at them. Some foolish person will say, yeah, And I'll say to you, you were not there when I met them on the first day. If you heard this heart-rending story I had, if you know the many other times that I've had to counsel the same young people, if you know the amount of prayers we've prayed, how many times we laid hands on them, if you knew that in desperate moments we called on the name of Christ. Now you see the finished product. You never saw the journey. And that's why I tell people, this gospel is the answer. Is the answer. Yeah. During the week, one of our pastors came to see me. I'm ending with this story before I pray. This week, came to see me. I was so excited. Comes from one of our branches I won't mention. And then he smiles. He says, Bishop, shakes my hand, hugs me, says, thank you for the series. I've been in the church since I think Omeka or something. So you know, when you were preaching this past Sunday, you reminded me of my journey. I thought it's only right for me to come tell you that this gospel works. I said, what's your story? He said, you see, I come from a family of men who never marry. Men who sire children everywhere and never marry anybody. 
and they get children out of wedlock and dump them. He says, as far back as I can see in my family, that's what happens. He says, however, I got born again. And I started coming to the church. By then, already I had children out of wedlock myself. However, I responded to the call and received Christ as my Savior and Lord. And I'm going to give you that opportunity today. And he said, as I received Christ as Savior and Lord, I remember you taught this teaching. And he said, I became so aware. And he said, I was, I was sitting there. I became so aware. Oh, my goodness. Look at my family. He said, I started talking to my family members. He says, it's only when I talked to them that they realized what was happening. Because Satan puts a blanket of darkness on people. They don't even see. He said, however, I got married to a born-again woman. And God blessed us with a son. He said, Bishop, I'm so glad to tell you that my son graduated. My son has gotten married. And my son in my family line is the first man to have a child inside wedlock. Oh. Oh. What power can transform a family lineage? By the power of God. That's why we preach this gospel. I said to him, you know your testimony? It makes me uguting his nige lega busha. If this is what it does, and I'll preach it till the last breath in my lungs. It's not a matter of luck. It's not a matter of coincidence. It's a matter that God is desperately in love with you. And God gave his son on the cross to die for you. God understood the power of curses. And so he sends his son and he makes him a curse. Because God understands once people get under the vicious cycle of curses, they are not coming out. God says, you're going to become a curse. You'll hang on the cross, not because you've done anything wrong, but because you come in the place of others. And on the cross, Jesus exhausted the evil. On the cross, Jesus paid the price. On the cross, Jesus fulfilled the righteous demands. On the cross, Jesus had you in mind. He wasn't dying for himself. He was dying for you. He was dying for you and your generations. He was dying for you. He knew that his blood would save generations to come, generation after generation. He knew that his blood didn't have to flow for the second time. The blood of bulls and goats had to be shed every year. But the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ has been shed once and for all. And this blood works no matter who you are, no matter what continent you are in, no matter how old you are. This blood does not discriminate. It doesn't matter how bad your background is. It doesn't matter if you've been thrown out of the community. It doesn't matter what people have said about you. This blood, this blood of Jesus is able to turn lives around. All you need 
is to appropriate its effectiveness. And say, here I come. Just as I am. Give my life to you. Broken as it is. Messed up as it is. I can't help myself. I can't free myself. Only you, Jesus, can free me. He's a God who's able to do miracles and change our lives. Raise your hands. Oh God, I just pray that your people will hear more than the words I speak. More than anything I say, God. I cry for my generation. I cry for my nation. Oh God, open the eyes of our people. Help us. Help us. Help us, oh God. Just remain standing, everybody. Bow your heads and close your eyes. If you're here for the first time and you've never received Christ in your life as Savior and Lord, I want to give you this opportunity. Will you let Jesus come into your family line? Will you allow Jesus to come into your life and start with you? To reset and change what's been wrong? Will you Receive Christ in your life without any shame. Our heads bowed, our eyes closed, please, as we stand everywhere. If it is that you haven't received Christ as Savior and Lord and you need prayer, and you want Christ to come into your life, change you, and make you His child, and you need prayer, just raise your hand right where you are. I want to pray for you. You want to invite Christ in your life? Raise it high. Don't, don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. No, no need for any shame. Raise it high. Raise it high. Raise it high all over this place. Hallelujah. I want to pray for you. If you raised your hand, I'm going to ask you, please, if you can take all your belongings and, and just walk to the front. I want to pray for you. Even in all the other sites, in the churches that are live streaming, where you are, I ask you to do the same. Just walk to the front of that building. There's someone there who's going to help you. If you raised your hand and you need prayer, take your belongings. Don't leave any of your belongings behind. Just walk to the front. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Give them a big hand as they walk. Give them a big hand as they walk. Keep on walking. Keep on walking. Keep on walking. Keep on walking all over the place. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on.
We're going to receive communion in a short while. So if you can take your seats, the ushers are going to serve you communion. And today we wanted to tie communion to the teaching. And as they serve communion, let me give you some practical points that you can apply in your life. You don't need to write them down. The question is, how can I experience the blessing of God on my life instead of being characterized by curses? Don't need to write this down. Just listen. We're going to post this on our website so you'll be able to download it. Number one, read and familiarize yourself with what the Word of God says about what God has provided for your deliverance. Read these teachings. Read what we are teaching here and familiarize yourself. Number two, believe what the Word of God says about the blessing of God on your life. Believe it. Believe it. Number three, meditate constantly on these biblical truths. Think about them. Meditate on them. And number four, declare these blessings over your life and your family. Speak them over your life. I make it a habit to speak over my family. Speak over your family. If you're the head of a family, I know families are headed up sometimes by children. Speak the blessing of God. You know, I was telling them in the first service, my late father used to wake up in the morning and she, he would... Uh, be the first one to get out of the house and open the door to step more kusening, you know. And he would step on that and go outside and he would go around the yard speaking. You'd see him muttering. He was praying and making declarations over his family for God to protect us and for God to guide us. Because in those days, there are people who would try to do all kinds of funny stuff on us. And that, you know, you'd find stuff in our house all kinds of funny things thrown there, placed there, whatever. But all of that never had any effect on us. So do that. Declare. Make those declarations. Speak on your family. And number five, be vigilant not to open any door. Be vigilant not to open any door that will give Satan the legal right to impose curses on your family lineage. Make sure that every door is closed by the help of God. Have we received communion, all of us? all have elements of the communion I'm going to ask you to hold them in your hands don't eat them yet, don't partake of them let me pray God's blessing over it this symbolic blood of the Lord Jesus and this symbolic body of the Lord Jesus symbolized by the bread and the wine as we partake of it Father we pray your blessing over it with an understanding that the blood flowed on the cross and your body was broken on the cross. You are breaking us out and breaking us free from all forms of curses. And today as we partake, we are renewing our knowledge. We are making a new declaration and we are making a point of contact. That even as we partake of this element, the truth and the reality of what was purchased for us will manifest in our bodies, in our lives. In Jesus' name. On that day, Jesus took the bread and he broke it. And he said to his disciples, take this, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. This body symbolized by this bread 
The body of Christ carried scars on it. 39 stripes. Isaiah said he was so beaten that he had no form of comeliness. Neither could you recognize who he was. All of that battering was meant to buy healing for you. Healing for you, healing for your generational lineage. And so today as we partake of this communion, symbolic as it is, there's the power of God behind it. The power to bring healing in your body now if you are sick. The power to break sickness in your family lineage. And as you partake of it, you can even stand in the gap for some of your family members. This becomes our point of contact. Where we reach out into the heavenlies and we draw into the now what rightfully belongs to us. Much as it might seem like just simple bread, the power of God goes into action when we partake of this bread. So as you partake today, do it with the full knowledge that his body was broken for you. And for that reason, your body need not be broken by sickness or disease. And you have a right to walk in divine health. And so does your family have a right to walk in divine health. His body was broken and he lived in poverty to break the spirit of poverty over your life and my life. So as I partake of it, I'm making a declaration. Poverty, you are not part of what rightfully belongs to me. My portion is the blessing of God. And so take it today as you release your faith in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Every sickness gone. Every disease gone. The spirit of poverty rebuked and expelled and cast out. Healing, prosperity, success. Not only over my life, but on my lineage and my family for generations that follow. In Jesus' name. And in the same way, he took the cup and said, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood that is shared for you for the remission of your sins. Do this in remembrance of me. As we hold the symbolic blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, the cup we hold in our hands. We remember the blood that flowed on the cross. The blood that gave us a right to stand before God without a sense of guilt, condemnation, or fear. The blood that reached out to us who were afar off and brought us near and made us to be God's children. The blood through which our sins not only have been forgiven, but our sins have been remitted, cancelled, wiped away, and now we are called God's children. Now we have a new master, we have a new Lord, we're in a new kingdom, we're in the kingdom of God, we're in the kingdom of blessings, we're in the kingdom of peace, we're in the kingdom of righteousness. It is that blood that the book of Revelation tells us they overcame Satan by the blood of the Lamb 
and by the word of that testimony. It is because of that blood that Satan has no share, has no portion in our lives, and he's not allowed in our lives. And as we partake of this symbolic blood, we're making a declaration, Satan, you're not allowed in my life. As we partake of this symbolic blood, we make a declaration, my sins have been forgiven. I am a child of God. I can stand before God without a sense of guilt. My prayers can be answered now because I'm a child of God. I can call on Abba Father and he hears my prayers. And as we partake of this blood, we make a pronouncement. We are more than conquerors through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so drink of it all of us in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood. The blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus name.